My name is Jenny, and I'm a wife and mom raising two kids. But I used to live a more glamorous life as a TV reporter. I was on the nightly news interviewing pop stars and politicians. So when I said goodbye to TV and hello to motherhood, I suddenly discovered what we moms are up against. We live in a world that tells us to be rich and famous, thin and successful. You know, almost nobody says, oh, hey, you're a mom? That is fabulous. But you are fabulous, and I'm here to tell you why. It's Channel Mom with Jenny Dean Schmidt. We're here for you. Oh my goodness, you are fabulous, and I am here to tell you why. And I think today's show and tomorrow's show as well are both going to be a help to you. Uh, I will tell you why in a second, the promises behind this interview. I have a special guest on who has written some very well-known books. Uh, she's a best-selling author. But these are the promises on the back of the particular book we're going to talk about today. Build your home into a sanctuary of order and peace. What mom wouldn't like that? Cultivate meaningful relationships with your children. Hopefully that lasts a lifetime. Create a healthy routine for your family. Most moms I know, especially in our busy, busy, busy world, just want a healthy routine. Where I mean, I know your wife's like that, Jorge, where you just don't want to be running from one thing to the next, constantly dealing with cell phones and texts and emails, etc. Um, and she also wants to teach you how to teach your children about God, godly principles uh, and how to follow God himself. So uh, it's, it's good stuff. I think just about every mom in our audience uh, would like to do these. I mean, I want to know how to build my home into a sanctuary of order and peace. Really, I do. So uh, our friend Leslie Luddy, and I hope I'm saying her name right. I forgot to ask her when I talked to her off air, is going to come up with us here in just a minute to help you Get to that place of set apart motherhood. And, and there's something that she says near the beginning of her book. And I thought, man, I bet there's some women who are going to be sitting at their computers today or driving in the car or maybe listening via podcast who think that's me. That's me. I've just about given up on, on trying to be a good mom. I'm trying to run an ordered home. I'm trying to have a good relationship with my child and trying not to lose my temper of trying to, to compete with other moms, whatever it is. She has words of reassurance and some very simple mind changes to make to, to help you get to this new place and some very, you know, easy step-by-step -step principles you can follow. Sometimes if you just take action toward one thing, it helps you get to the place. It, it doesn't have to be a bunch of tips. It can just be one action, one little thing that you do in the physical world that can change everything for you. So I hope that she's going to be a blessing to you. She's coming up. Before that, though, I have a little story to tell you. It involves crying and it involves going back to school. <laughs> Jorge suddenly gave me that meaning of knowing. Um, here's the deal. I want this to be a story that other moms can identify with. So I'm a very sentimental person. I don't do well with ends. Uh, I'm fine once the beginning rolls around, the new beginning, but the end is very tough on me. I, I almost lost my mind at the end of college, literally, uh, because I, I just don't do well with ends. So my daughter has graduated from elementary school and she started middle school today. My son is starting driving. He's a 10th grader, so he's in the mode of becoming a 16-year-old and becoming very independent. My husband happens to be the principal of the local high school. Uh, the middle school and the high school are right together. So this means that suddenly my whole family is getting in a car and going off to the middle school and, and the high school without mom, usually, you know, in 
for the last 10 to 15 years, I would snuggle in bed with my little kids and then I would take them to elementary school later in the morning and I got all this great time with them and I could still pretend I had toddlers and they still loved me. Uh, now they're super independent. So this morning I, I wake up, I realized I was going to have to do something different in my routine so that I wouldn't break down when they all left the house at six in the morning and I was suddenly alone in an empty house with two annoying dogs, can I say? <laughs> I love my dogs, but they can be annoying. So there I am. And I think I have to do something different this morning or I'm just going to break down. So I think, all right, I'll get up. I'll get ready to exercise, but then I'll go out and get something just as a little treat for myself before I exercise. It was something completely nonsensical like Dr. Pepper. Who has Dr. Pepper for their exercise? Makes no sense. But I thought, all right, I'll go out and get myself a Dr. Pepper. So as they're leaving the house, I think, okay, I'm going to get in my car. They can get in their car and I'll just drive away while they're driving away so I don't have to be in the empty house. So here we go. Mom gets in her car. They get in their car. My son is driving. They, they begin to pull away. First, a song plays uh, on the radio that is a very meaningful song to me that uh, I felt literally that God had hand chosen for me years ago. I was afraid to go to a mops convention by myself because I was afraid I would die in a plane crash and I'd never get to raise my children. Well, when I was crying in the car about going to this mops convention, I believe that God chose a particular song with me for me, which is eventually about, it's the Matthew West song about, I love you more and about, you know, loving you as much as the mile high mountains. And there I was sitting in my car, looking at the mile high mountains, sobbing because I felt God had sent me that song to reassure me that I was going to get on a plane and come back safely to my family. And sure enough, I did. So that song plays first. And I said, thank you God for that song. That's just the perfect song. Then we begin to drive. I'm driving down our mountain road. The sun is rising. My, the 16 year old son is driving the car. My 11 year old daughter is in the back looking very much like an 18 year old going off to middle school. My husband is the passenger. I'm watching them drive into the sunrise and another song comes on, which is all about surrendering to God and his plan. And okay, I hope I haven't bored you to tears at this point, but that's the point in which I lost it. Just lost it. My kids are growing up and growing away. And there I was helplessly following them. It makes me want to cry again in a car behind them, kind of watching them drive away into their futures, into not needing mommy anymore, into being independent adults. All of it right there in front of me as I was driving behind them on this mountain road, listening to the song and sobbing. Okay, I know there are moms out there that don't do this and they're just like, yeah, I couldn't wait till my kid went back to school. Well, congratulations because a part of me would rather be that mom. And I know that kids are not perfect. My kids are not perfect. I know that new doors are opening, new stages are unfolding. All kinds of wonderful things will probably happen because we're all moving into a new stage. That's fabulous. I just want you to know if you can identify with that story, that's where I was when my kids went to school for the first day, middle school, and my son driving off as an almost 16-year-old. Okay, I hope that helps somebody today. Please know that I feel your pain, but also know that this is what God asks us to do. Raise our children so that they can go off and do good things in a hurting world. The world needs us to raise our children well so our children can be a help in the world. So if we just cling to them for the next 75 years, that's not going to happen. Because believe me, there's a part of me that would always want to be a mom of toddlers. I would just like to have toddlers for the next 70 years until I die. But uh, they have to grow up, don't they? All right. That was my very long introduction. And uh, here's the thing. I forgot to play the song. This is the song that came on the radio that made me break down sobbing as I watched my children driving off to school. Your love is 
like radiant diamonds bursting inside us. We cannot contain your love will surely come find us like blazing wildfire singing your name God of It. I was driving down the mountain road with my family driving off into the distance, my children growing up, going away to school, and me sobbing as I was trying to surrender to God and praise Him for healthy, growing children. And this song just hit home. Isn't it a great, oh, beautiful song? Jorge identifies with me because he's got a daughter in high school and he knows what I'm talking about. All right, Leslie Luddy. I'm going to ask her what she thinks of my story. Her kids are younger. She doesn't have to deal with quite this much emotion yet. Well, maybe she does. You may know her as the author of the bestseller Authentic Beauty. Uh, also, she has written with her husband, When God Writes Your Love Story, a very well-known book. She and her husband, Eric, in fact, have published 19 books with well over a million copies in print. So you may know When God Writes Your Love Story or Authentic Beauty. But today we're here to talk about Set Apart Motherhood. The title caught my eye. I thought moms in our audience need to know all about this. So that is why we welcome Leslie Luddy to Channel Mom. Leslie, am I saying your name right? It's actually Ludi, but... Okay. Everybody messes it up, so no worries. Okay, well, I'm a messer-upper, <laughs> Leslie Ludi. Uh, I will remember that. Now, what did you think of my tearjerker oh, of a story? Oh, that is a precious story. I love your heart for your kids, and I think it just, you know, makes me all the more want to cherish every moment that I have, because my kids are still young, and my oldest is nine, my youngest is five, and we're in the process of adopting a couple toddlers, so we're kind of in that young stage, and I think when you're in those younger years with your kids, it is so easy to feel like they're going to last forever, and it's so easy to focus on the the crying and the messes and the constant neediness, and when we hear, you know, stories from moms whose kids are a little bit older, we remember to cherish every moment, even the messy moments, because they don't last forever. Yeah, yeah. Um, I am known by my husband for literally just sort of taking in breath because I did have women further up the trail telling me, please appreciate it. And so my kids would be in the backseat or something being cute, you know, four year olds or eight year olds or something. And I would go, Oh my gosh. They're so cute. And, and so I would just have to breathe it in and take it in. And, and I urge every mom to do that because you do really want to hold it, don't you? Just forever. You just want to hold those moments forever, don't you, kind of? Yes. You do. Well, you'd want to hold the beautiful moments and then the not-so-beautiful moments. You, you can tend to be like, okay, <laughs> when are they going to get older and when are they going to get past this phase? But, you know, it is something God has really challenged me on with my kids, you know, not just trying to get through the difficult phases, but to really treasure it and enjoy it even when things aren't easy because those, those early years are so 
precious, even yeah. though they're, they're some of the hardest years we'll ever go through. They're, they're short-term, and there's a special grace that God gives us for those early years when things are precious, and at the same time, things are, are chaotic at times. And, you know, I've just learned how to, how to laugh a lot more at the chaos and not um, just get so stressed out about it, because I know it's short-term things. That's right. And I should tell folks that you had four children in four years, yes. partly through adoption. So right. I'm going to let you tell that story. But I, I want to go back to something you just said about trying to enjoy uh, the, the sweet little cute toddler moments in the midst yes. of the chaos and the screaming and the temper tantrums. Yes. <laughs> there, there's a little bit in your book, which I promised to read, and then I, and then I want to go to break. But here it is. You talk about those moments and having to overcome the chaos in order to appreciate the yes. beauty. This right. is what you write. They spill spaghetti sauce on freshly cleaned carpet and draw with marker on newly painted walls. Alas, I know these scenarios all too well. In moments such as these, the voice of despair whispers to my soul. Your life is so chaotic. You might as well give up on expecting anything more. Don't even try. It's always going to be this way. Then the voice of self-pity chimes in. Poor, poor you. No one understands how hard your life is. Raising four little kids is so stressful and difficult. Everyone else has it so easy, but you never get a break. I just want to say that as a little teaser for any mom out there who has heard those voices and wants a little help from Leslie Ludy. We're going to return with Leslie in just a second to get her fabulous tips for set-apart motherhood when we return with Channel Mom. Like radiant diamonds bursting inside us We cannot contain Your love will Surely come find us like blazing wildfire. These days, couples will work for just about anything from communication Hello. to companionship, from fun Whee! to love, from passion Mwah. and purpose to good old intimacy. <sighs> What are you willing to work for? For a better marriage, come to a relationship workshop sponsored by the Colorado Healthy Marriage Project. To learn more, visit mary-well.org or call 720-488-8888 because relationship education works. Funding provided by U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, ACF Grant 90 fe 51 Any opinions, findings, and conclusions are those of the author. If you are a mom who wants your kids to grow up and love going to the dentist, then I have to tell you about Pediatric Dental Group of Colorado. As a one-time patient myself and now the mother of patients, I know firsthand they understand the unique needs of children, especially when it comes to the subject of dentistry. Dr. Strange and Dr. Cathers not only care about making the dental visit fun and rewarding, they also strive to help children learn to be good dental patients. They do this by coaching the child and the parent, encouraging good oral health care, and providing high-quality dental treatment. This is accomplished in a fun and child-friendly atmosphere. All of the pediatric dentists and orthodontists have two years of additional training beyond dental school. They are board certified and specialized in the dental care of infants, children, and young adults. The dental team is uniquely qualified to take care of your child during their dental visit. The Pediatric Dental Group is proud to have locations in Arvada, Wheat Ridge, Lakewood, Lafayette, and Evergreen. You have to find out more, and you can do so at pediatricdentalgroupco.com. Well, we sure are eclectic here at Channel Mom. <laughs> From that incredible praise song to our friends at the Black Keys. I love our eclectic taste in music. I hope uh, you're enjoying that today. 
Okay, we are back with Leslie Ludi, uh, the author of Set Apart, Motherhood, and some other well-known books, including Authentic Beauty and When God Writes Your Love Story, which she wrote with her husband, Eric. Uh, they have four children under, well, they had four children in four years. So four kids, four and under. Um, now, now part of that was through adoption, and it sounds like Leslie may be adopting more. She can bring that part of the story in. I, I want to bring her back. Uh, I want to remind you that right before the break, I was reading about how sometimes the chaos can get a mom down, and she can think, I, I'm always going to be bad at this. I can never overcome the chaos. I'm going to always feel sorry for myself. My kids are always going to be slightly out of control. And, and Leslie says you can move beyond that to a different place. Um, at one point she talks about get battling to get to the beauty beyond the chaos. I actually really love that image. Um, and she also talks about getting to a place. I'm trying to look for it in the book, um, where she, let me look for page eight. That's what I want to read to you. She says that beyond the chaos, beyond feeling sorry for yourself, beyond being in despair and thinking, this is too hard. I'm not a good mom. I, I can't take one more day of this. Nobody appreciates it. My kids aren't behaving the way I want them to be behaving. That you can get to the place where God helps you to see that he is giving you this extraordinary job of helping shape, nurture, and train future world changers. And I really want every mom to get that out there today. I sometimes think that, that when women go off to, to the other job, if they have another job outside of their home, they think that's where they're going to make an impact on the world. Or, you know, if they can have a six-figure salary or live in a really beautiful home or whatever. No, you're raising world changers. And on tough days, remind yourself of that. So I love that Leslie says that. Just go off on that, Leslie. Tell us what you're talking about and how you learned it. Yeah, I, I think it really is something that all moms deal with is that struggle to just lose sight of the big picture, lose sight of how sacred and important the calling of motherhood really is. You can so easily get into survival mode when you're a young mom, and I know I've had struggles with this along my journey. My husband and I were married 10 years before we had any kids, and part of that was because I was afraid to have kids in a lot of ways. I had heard a lot of moms tell me, you know, my husband and I traveled, we spoke, we, you know, talked about the beauty of God's pattern in romance and relationships, and people really responded to that message, but I had a lot of moms tell me, oh, yeah, your marriage is beautiful now, but just wait till you have kids, you know, all the romance just goes right out of your marriage when you have kids, or, oh, yes, you know, you have um, a, an organized, beautiful home now, but just wait till you have kids, you know, your life just completely falls apart, and your, your house will look like a tornado hit at 24 hours a day, and just have to prepare for that. And so I started to get a little nervous about having kids and, and getting this idea that um, it's just chaotic and it's miserable and your marriage goes down the drain and you kind of lose all sense of order and dignity to your life. <laughs> so you know, I, I, I want to interrupt you for a second. Thank you, first of all, for admitting that. And I remember re reading that part of your book now. Yeah. Do you think that's new, Leslie? Do you think, do you think women were warning other women back in the 16th century, look out because <laughs> kids are going to ruin your house and, and hurt your marriage? I mean... Do you think yeah. that's a new thing? I, I think it really is. I think it's very much where we're at as a culture. We just, we kind of, um, in a lot of ways, we've accepted defeat. We've kind of listened to the, the, the lies of the culture just to say, hey, this is all you can expect. Don't don't aim for anything higher than this. And, and you know, misery loves company. So you, you get a lot of women just saying, hey, just be miserable along with me. And I, you know, I was really nervous about having kids, and I, I drug my feet on it for a long time. I, I grew up wanting a family, but once I heard a lot of these comments, I just thought, 
oh, my life is going to be, I better wait until I'm, you know, I've lived my life and I'm ready for my life to be over and then start a family. And God really worked in my heart and began to show me the beauty and the sacredness and the importance of the calling of motherhood. And to realize, like you said, we are raising up future world changers and we can't allow just the lies that are out there to hold us back from this incredible opportunity that we have to, to shape um, future world changers, to shape um, boys and girls that are going to grow up and make a positive impact on the world, as you said earlier. To, to well, be- you wrote it. You're the one that wrote that, the future world changers. I, I love it. And you know what, Leslie? I don't think it's just that people are saying give up um, because your house is going to be a mess. It's also that people don't value motherhood right. the way they used to. They, 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 you know, and I'm, I'm certainly not putting down anybody who makes a six figure salary. Yeah. Um, you know, I understand that that's, that can be a valuable thing too, but, but that we value that more than yeah. motherhood. We value the nice looking home more than motherhood or the, or the cool sports car more than motherhood. So people think, uh, motherhood's going to ruin all the stuff that their culture tells us is important. Yeah, so I, I just want to throw that out there. Yeah. Um, so I respect you for saying that, that you had to come back to a place to remember how important a job motherhood is. And by the way, I'm right there with you nine years until I had kids. Yeah. And I was working on my TV career and my husband was working on his career and we thought kids are going to interrupt this. And, you right. know, um, so I get it. And, yeah. and I want to tell you one other quick thing and then I want you to continue on. We're going to save some of your tips for tomorrow's show so that we can keep people coming back because you're going to talk about creating a sanctuary and order and routine, which are very important in a home uh, for your kids. But uh, I had a guest on once. They give talks in high schools about uh, basically in many ways saving yourself for marriage. It's mm-hmm. a husband and wife team. Rick and Barb Wise, she actually has AIDS and, ha- and got it through this very, or she's HIV positive and got it through this very weird situation. Anyway, I just want to tell you quickly, when they ask girls in a gymnasium, what do you want to grow up to be? Because they're trying to connect them to their future, okay? Yeah. And, and not let um, poor choices about sex uh, ruin their future. She says girls are afraid now in modern culture to admit that they want to be mothers. She said they won't raise their hands. So in the last five minutes, why don't you tell moms the most important uh, reason that you wrote this book and the most important way in which you want to encourage them for set-apart motherhood? Right. It's, oh, it's just so sad to see how young women have lost that vision for motherhood because I think any woman like, like you've experienced, like I've experienced, who has, you know, gone out there and pursued bigger things and done bigger things and then chosen motherhood, you recognize how incredibly valuable motherhood is. You know, other things can, you know, can be a temporary success or bring you temporary fulfillment or make an impact on the world, but imparting God's pattern, imparting truth to the next generation and allowing those kids to grow up and impart that same truth and that same vision of God's pattern to the following generation, it's like you're leaving a legacy. And God created us as women to leave that legacy. And, you know, there's no one who can, who's equipped or anointed to raise our kids better than parents. And, you know, oftentimes in this society we, we think, well, as long as we just make a lot of money and send them to a good school and make sure they have good influences in their life, we're doing a good job. But really, a parent's role is irreplaceable. Yeah. And it's, it's a role that God gave us, and so to embrace it fully and to rise up to it and say, this is not like a secondary uh, calling. This is not like a mediocre thing for me to choose with my life. This is actually uh, responding to the call of God on my life to leave that legacy for multiple generations. It's a very powerful calling, and I'm really excited through this book to just restate that, reinstate that vision and that, that sacredness of the calling of motherhood in young moms today. Yeah. 
I mean, I'm glad you did it. And I do want to get to uh, creating a healthy routine for your family because moms need those tips. And also helping you and helping moms out there to create a sanctuary of order in their home. I think a lot of moms have given up on that. And you talk about moms who have. And then we also have a humorous story we're going to share tomorrow. Um, Before we go, we've got about two and a half minutes left. I want to make sure you tell folks how to find you. But Leslie, you're not as far down the road as I am. Here's something I worry about, and I just want, you know, 30 seconds of advice on this. I worry about the days when I think, I should have done better with my 15-year-old son. Is, is it too late to go back and say, you know what, I, should have, I shouldn't have yelled at you or nagged you as much as I did? I mean, how do you recover? I know there are moms out there right now regretting that they didn't commit more or that they made the mistakes they did. Yeah. What would you say to them? You know, I think it's really never too late. I I know in my own family and my husband's family and different scenarios that we've known where parents have, even when their children are adults, come back and said, just shown humility and said, will you forgive me for, you know, not completely following God's pattern in the way that I raised you? And being that example from the time that you awaken to a different pattern, begin to be that example of, of the pattern that God lays before you and go to your children. And if you need to ask forgiveness, if you need to show humility to them, then do it. I mean, adult parents and adult children can have incredible reconciliation, and I I don't think it's ever too late for a mother to really rise up to the role that God intended her to have with her children, even if they're grown, because she always has a very significant role in their lives, even if it's just through prayer and encouragement and being a cheerleader. I've seen that happen time and time again, so it's really never too late. Yeah. There's a reason that God created the relationship between Mary and Jesus and, and, and showed us all how important motherhood is just through that. Okay. We've got about 45 seconds left. How can folks find you and order your brand new book, Set Apart Motherhood? Well, we have a website, setapartmotherhood.com. There's no dashes. It's just all one word, setapartmotherhood.com. And you can order the book there. You can also get it on Amazon and and bookstores. Um, And on the website, there are blogs and articles and just ongoing encouragement for young moms who are just looking for that vision of something more to be freshly reminded every day of the sacredness, the importance of their calling. The the website has just got beautiful images of just the beauty that God intended motherhood to be. Not, Not women who are perfect, but just the beauty of motherhood. Yeah, it is beautiful. Leslie Ludi, we thank you for being with us. You'll be with us again tomorrow with Set Apart Motherhood. Thanks so much, Leslie. Hi, this is Jenny, and I want to introduce you to my friend, Michelle Walters. She's a mom to three kids, so she understands that when you buy a home, you want a place where your family can build beautiful memories. As a real estate broker, Michelle can help you find the place you love coming home to, the right home at the best price. Whether you want to buy or sell, start your home search with Michelle Walters at SuburbanDenverProperties.com. You can also find Michelle's weekly blog, The Thinking Mom, on ChannelMom.com. These days, couples will work for just about anything, from communication to companionship, from fun to love, from passion and purpose to good old intimacy. (sighs) What are you willing to work for? For a better marriage, come to a relationship workshop sponsored by the Colorado Healthy Marriage Project. To learn more, visit mary-well.org or call 720-488-8888 because relationship education works. Funding provided by U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, ACF Grant 90 fe 51 Any opinions, findings, and conclusions are those of the author. Tomorrow, how the tension and stress in your life can actually help you in your mothering. Moms, thanks for all you do to raise your children well. We so appreciate you here at Channel Mom. God bless you. Thanks for listening to Channel Mom with Jenny Dean Schmidt. 
Find podcasts, clips, blogs, and contact information at channelmom.com.